Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I believe this is episode number 72. Um, definitely probably should check that before I started recording. <laughs> Um, but at any rate, as always, I am so happy to be here with you guys this week. Happy to be recording this episode. Um, this is going to be a brief episode. This Friday coming up here in just a few days is my first ever Keto at the Cabin retreat that I'm hosting here in the Cincinnati, Ohio area, along with Robert Sykes, Crystal Love, Molly Hunter, Jimmy Moore, and Christine Moore. And, um just have so much stuff going on this week to like wrap up and get everything together. We are officially sold out for the retreat. So that is very exciting um, that you guys were so excited about it. So pumped to be here. I cannot wait to meet all you guys. I know I got um, several people reached out and, uh, you know, said they wanted to be here and it didn't work out for dates or, you know, whatever the timing was off. And um, so I appreciate you all reaching out and letting me know that. And it kind of helps me be able to gauge if we should do this again. Um, I don't have it. I don't have plans to do another one at this time, but never say never. I don't have non-plans to do one. I just hadn't really um, thought any further than just this first one. So this is my first time. Um, putting on something like this of my own. Um, you know, I go and speak at these things and go to other people's events, but never been an organizer myself of one. And honestly, it's not something that I really um, am, am super good at doing, to be honest. Um, I'm not real good at the whole social media thing. I'm not real good at advertising. I'm not good at sales or trying to drum up, you know, attention to things and events and it's just not my thing. But what I am good at and what I love to do is host people. I love to host. I love to serve. And so I'm really, really, really excited to have people out to the cabin and just be able to host everyone and serve everyone. Um, there's nothing that I get more excited about. Well, there's two things I get really excited about talking about, and that is um, animals, our farm. <laughs> and um, I get really into that and, you know, grew up a farm girl. Um, it's my passion. I love it. So I get really excited and fired up about that. And I can talk all day to people about that. Um, which I do. I like to educate about um, homesteading and, and raising animals and, and um, you know, kind of getting back to basics and back to our roots. Um, and then the other thing that I love to talk about is nutrition and wellness and health and lifestyle and, and how you can really make it, uh, you know, how you really design the life that you want and your lifestyle, your nutrition, all of that type of thing. And so um, it's going to be really awesome to be able to do that at the cabin this weekend. And we have kept the numbers very low. So we will have about 20 people there. Um, that was the absolute maximum that I wanted to have. Um, 
So I did max it out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I kind of had my reservations. I was thinking I might want to keep the numbers even smaller. Um, we are doing cooking demonstrations. We will be eating every single meal together over the weekend. Um, we have um, Molly Hunter, our, um, well, Christine Moore and I am also nutritional therapy practitioners, but Molly Hunter is um, going to be there to actually meet with many of the attendees and give them, she's got a great um, options, three different options to meet with the attendees and do some lingual neuro testing, some functional evaluations, um, kind of go over uh, food journals with them and, and kind of what their goals are and help them really kind of get on the right track. And so she is fully booked for the weekend. Um, she had several hours in the middle of the day on Saturday and she has several hours at the end of the day on Sunday and she is fully booked. Um, she sold out of her spots to meet with people. So um, I am unable to meet with anyone uh, this weekend because it's, uh, you know, as the host, I've just got a little bit too much going on. So um, so we may uh, end up having to spill over and see if Christine will chip in there and help out a little bit. <laughs> so that's an awesome problem to have. I am so just overwhelmed uh, with the response that she got and people wanting to sit down and meet with her. And as a nutritional therapist, that just makes my heart happy. Um, I love that I feel like the tide's turning and people are really, really wanting to know um, foundationally about their health and, and how to go about, um, you know, kind of nutritional foundations, learning about all of that, figuring this out. And I love that this is a keto retreat and, and we really are going to do a lot of focusing on uh, keto and kind of learning what does that even mean and what are some of the pitfalls and, and there's so much misinformation out there. But as a nutritional therapist, you know, we know exactly how these macronutrients and micronutrients work in your body. So it's really beautiful to be able to, to marry those two concepts together, um, the very healing and anti-inflammatory diet like keto, and be able to marry that to all of these nutritional therapy concepts and help people understand how you can use the two together to really do keto right and um, be able to you know really be a fat burner you know, learn how to let your body be fueled by ketones and just how, um, how much you can bring down inflammation and how much better you can feel. So that is super exciting. Um, so anyway, we've got all that going on this weekend and so I'm prepping for that. We also are going to have a licensed massage therapist on hand, and she is fully booked for all of the appointment spots that she had, both on Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, that poor girl is going to be, I think pretty much everybody at the retreat is going to uh, do the massage. <laughs> so um, she is going to be pretty much working her hands off, I think, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. So um, should be interesting, but I'm excited to have her on board. Um, we, uh, I, she was a recommendation to me from, uh, from a friend here in the area, um, that runs a massage school and she is, um, she's great. I mean, she's got a great resume. She's been, um, practicing, um, as a licensed massage therapist for quite some time and she specializes in deep tissue massage. So 
I'm excited about that because if there's any time left over whatsoever, um, I'm definitely going to take a little bit of Melissa's time and get my own deep tissue massage. Um, that is my absolute favorite type to get. So I'm excited about that. So um, stay tuned because next week, um, of course, I'll do a little bit of a recap on the weekend. And I don't know if we'll get to record um, much of kind of what we're talking uh, as we're talking over the weekend. We're going to try and make this less of a kind of conference type setting and more of like a very, um, you know, I kind of been talking about how I wanted it to be a very intimate setting where Everybody feels very comfortable to talk and ask questions and those types of things. So it's it's less about having like, uh, you know, formal talk uh, or formal lecture on a certain subject and more about like a very interactive um, situation. So we'll see how that goes. And um, so I'm hoping to learn a lot here with this. You know, I've got, I'll have my um, infrared sauna will be set up at the cabin and will be free for all of the guests to use. We'll also have red light therapy set up and free for everyone to use. Um, Jimmy and Christine have very graciously, um, they're going to, uh, we're providing everybody with a um, copy of Real Food Keto. Uh, we've got several vendors that have um, have uh, offered to send giveaways to us to include in our swag bags. So we've got quite a few pretty awesome uh, things that will be in those. And um, I'll kind of give a whole rundown of all of those sponsors in next week's podcast. You guys can hear about those and kind of hear what we loved um, that we were trying at the cabin. So um, that's it about that. Um, so I just want to give you that update and give you that news in case uh, you were thinking about registering. Um, I just wanted to say, sorry, sold out. <laughs> but, but stay tuned or send me an email and let me know if you are interested. And I will definitely put you on the list of people that I reach out to if and when we decide to do another one of these. So I'm going to be speaking with my fellow keto speakers um, that are coming up this weekend and we'll kind of see if we think this is something we could do again. Um, so what I wanted to spend, I'm going to do a very brief um, uh, rest of this podcast. Uh, this can be a very short one this week just because of my uh, lack of time this week. But um, what, I wa what I did want to do is just follow up on last week's uh, information that I was talking about, um, cleanses and detoxing and, uh, kind of the, what's wrong with detoxing and like doing juice cleanses and like just kind of what we think about when we hear the word detox or cleanse and, and why those are not really very beneficial and sometimes can actually be quite harmful. Um, so what I wanted to focus on, and then I, I did give some uh, some options or some some background, some information about detoxification and how our body and we have different systems in our bodies and different organs that are detoxing for us twenty four seven, and we are have all of that built into us. So we really do not need to be. Uh, drinking juice for detox or taking detox pills or, you know, whatever it is that somebody tells you you need to do. So we kind of went over all of that last week. And so what I wanted to just talk a little bit more about this week is to give you a little bit of information in regards to detoxing and the ketogenic diet. So most of you are listening to this podcast because either you are keto or maybe you're curious about keto um, or you're just... Um, thinking about starting a ketogenic way of eating and you're 
you're just not really sure. So I think this is a, a good place to start is to understand how our body detoxes and where our body stores toxins and, um, and kind of how that whole process works. Because as a lot of people are coming to keto, many of those people come to keto first and foremost for weight loss. Um, I mean, let's face it, that is a driving reason that a lot of people come to this way of eating. And I personally, um, that's fine. If that's why you come to keto, I don't, you know, no judgment. I don't have any problem with that. That's fine. Um, I feel like pretty much everybody that I know that comes to it for weight loss, that is not why they stay on it. Um, I don't think that losing weight is enough of a reason to have anybody stick to any way of eating or any lifestyle. So I don't think keto is any different. Um, I think a lot of people start out thinking, because you hear this on the internet, that keto is so hard to stick to, and it's just not sustainable. And it's going to be, you know, you're just going to lose the weight you want to lose, and then it's going to happen really rapidly and really fast, and then you can just go back to eating normal. Well, if anybody has ever tried whatever diet, I mean, I don't care what it is, you name it, whatever diet you want to insert there, um, but if you've tried anything and then just gone back to the way you were eating before that diet, then anybody will tell you that you put the weight back on and then some, right? I mean, it's no, it's really going to be no different with the ketogenic diet. The biggest difference is, is that keto is really not restrictive. Now you could say, well, yeah, it is. And that's what makes it so hard to stick to because you're restricting carbohydrates. Like that is restrictive. But when I say it's not restrictive, I mean, in the sense of you are not restricting any macro or micronutrient that is essential to your health. And that is very, very different from pretty much any other diet or nutrition plan out there. Um, and pretty much all of them, there are restrictions to, I mean, really the number one thing is fat, right? I mean, everybody is like, oh, you have to be low fat, low fat, low fat, watch your fat, watch your fat, watch your fat. And that is, could not be more opposite on keto, obviously. Um, there are some diets that are low carb, uh, diets that, you know, they'll have you restricting carb carbohydrates. And then most of those diets also want you to restrict calories in general, that type of thing. So the way that I do keto and the way that I, uh, work with people to do keto is, I am not watching calories, and it's not that calories completely don't matter, but it is not a calorie in, calorie out um, scenario. I mean, that is just not the way our bodies work. That's not it. I think we've kind of beat that horse to death on this podcast, so we're not going to go into all of that. Um, but we, we, we're we not restricting calories. I'm, I'm really not restricting anything you eat, not asking you to restrict anything with the exception of sugar and uh, kind of empty carbs or simple carbs. Now, um, kind of where I tend to differ, and it depends on what someone's goals are and what they're uh, trying to accomplish, what maybe health concerns they have, um, kind of what their metabolic function is currently. You know, are they insulin resistant? Um, are they uh, type 2 diabetic? You know, do we have different things going on? Do we have autoimmunity going on? You know, what are some of the the health markers that this individual has. So depending on who you are and where you fall in that, I may have you start um, very strict keto, meaning I'm going to have you watching your carbohydrate intake um, very closely. And sometimes that can also be because you're a person that uh, if you don't cut 
cut it off completely, then you have a tendency to kind of cycle, like do binge cycling, things like that. Um, uh, some people, it's just much easier for them to just cold turkey, like cut off sugar, cut off carbohydrates, get very strict. Um, I know for me, that was the case when I started, um, you know, fasting, intermittent fasting, longer fasting periods, you know, all the whole kit and caboodle, the whole shebang and to really just attack it that way. Um, that's what worked for me. I also have clients that that I know that is not going to be sustainable for them and that is really not going to work well. So then we'll go uh, a little bit easier in the beginning where we might just start by cutting out all sugar and simple carbohydrates and really focus our carbohydrate intake on vegetables. But we are not going to be restricting the amount of carbohydrates necessarily. So if you want to eat 100 grams or 150 grams of carbs a day in the form of vegetables, then go for it. Uh, and then we're just eating protein proteins and healthy fats for the rest of our um, day and our daily intake of food. So there's different kind of different ways you can work within those parameters. But um, I believe that keto is, I mean, to me, it's a super sustainable way to be. And and I don't even look at myself necessarily as, you know, I know my Instagram handle is that keto blonde and this is the keto lifestyle podcast. And, you know, I'm, this is my platform, but you know, I don't even necessarily identify myself as keto. I mean, I pretty much do not track anything anymore. Every now and then just for the heck of it, I will test my numbers just to see where I am. Um, but I really don't track anything. I don't track macros. I don't pay attention to any of that. Um, I eat very intuitively. And I know most people have heard that phrase uh, in this kind of health and wellness sphere um, over and over and over again. You hear people talking about intuitive eating. And a lot of times people are like, okay, what does that even mean? I don't even... I don't even get it. Like, what's intuitive? So to me, uh, it's very important to teach clients how to be intuitive eaters and to really focus on eating when you're hungry, eating to satiety. You know, if you get up in the morning, like I, I recently had a new client start, and one of the things she said was, um, so is it okay if I don't eat breakfast then if I'm not hungry? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But like so many other people, you know, she's heard her whole life, conventional wisdom is breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I mean, it's like drilled in our heads. Does everybody know where that concept came up, was, was born, by the way? Good old Mr. Kellogg himself came up with that. That was absolutely propaganda. It was a marketing ploy in order to help him to sell more cereal. This was a time when people didn't eat cereal for breakfast. People ate bacon and eggs for breakfast. And so they had to come up with a way to try and get people, or they wouldn't eat breakfast at all because they're busy. You know, these are farmers. Have a cup of coffee. You head out and take care of what you need to do for the day. Um, so this was a way to get people to sit down and have breakfast, specifically um, a breakfast full of grains and in the way, in the form of a bowl of cereal and so anyway this whole marketing campaign was started 
about sitting down, having your bowl of cereal. And of course, you guys can probably think back. If you grew up in the 70s and the 80s, I can remember the commercials when I was a little kid of, um, you know, the bowl of cereal and the glass of orange juice and the toast with butter on it. And it would, the, the, um, and maybe some fruit. And the whole uh, commercial was, um, how it was talk about cereal like it could literally be cornflakes or frosted flakes or cheerios or whatever and they would advertise it as part of your of this balanced breakfast right balanced breakfast remember that they talked about the balance well what balance of what <laughs> like a balance of sugar because you're drinking like 30 grams of sugar in in the straight up sugar bomb glass of orange juice and then you've got your bowl of sugary cereal and even if you're not putting sugar on it or it doesn't have added sugar trust me when you ingest it it's still turning to sugar and it is still causing the same reaction in your blood as if you just ate sugar um, so you've got that bowl of sugar with milk that I'm sure was low fat um, milk because we all know you got to keep your fat low. So guess what happens when they lower the fat in milk? They have to push up the sugar content because otherwise it tastes like junk. So um, of course you got your fat-free, very sugary milk to go with your sugary cereal and then maybe um, a side of toast uh, because, you know, why not? Let's add some more grains and uh, some more carbs and then probably some fruit too because I mean, you probably need some more carbs on top of your carbs. So great way to start your sugar-filled, um, you know, blood glucose spiking morning. And so that was the that was the message that went out to everybody. And that has been drilled into our heads. It is still drilled into our heads. And if you talk to pretty much any medical doctor, any really anybody if you tell anybody you skip breakfast, I mean, how many of you do that and you say something to your family and they're like, oh oh my gosh, you don't eat breakfast? That's the most important meal of the day. Well, why is that the most important meal of the day? Well, just because it is. Because you have to have breakfast. Like, that's the most important meal of the day. Like, you're supposed to eat breakfast. That How many people get the, it gets your metabolism going? What? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. I mean, it seems like it makes sense until you understand exactly what metabolic function is in your body and how our body uses fuel and how all of these things work. And then you go, wait a minute, that doesn't even make any sense. That's just this line that people have heard. And it seemed like it made sense when you don't really understand how the body works. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Because it it gets your metabolism going. So that's why you're supposed to eat breakfast the first thing in the morning so it's just this crazy thing that has just been perpetuated for decades and so like this client that's sitting in front of me is like this is like freedom like you're telling me I don't have to eat because most mornings she gets up just like most mornings I get up and I'm very uninterested in eating I'm not hungry and there's a good reason for that. Like we don't need to fuel our bodies first thing in the morning when we wake up. It's not necessary. Then there are other times that I will wake up in the morning and I may really be hungry. So guess what? I eat. <laughs> so it's this novel concept, right? You eat when you're hungry. You don't eat when you're not hungry. So, um, so these are kind of some of the things that when you start out with like kind of a, a keto way of eating, or you're trying to figure out how to do this, um, that you're kind of navigating this stuff. Like when do you eat? When do you not eat? Like how do you focus on carbs? Do you not focus on carbs? You know, how low do you keep your, your carb count? Do you, do you kind of ease into 
getting your carbs lower? Do you just go cold turkey and start, boom, 20 grams of carbs or less every day? Like there's so many different ways to do it. And there's so many different uh, people out there talking about keto. There's so many different experts. There's so many different ways to do it. Uh, do you restrict calories? Do you not restrict calories? Do you fast? Do you not fast? You know, how do you snack? So there's all these different things um, that go into this. And one of the things that's important when you're talking about detoxification and the keto diet is pretty much, regardless of what your reason is for coming to keto, most people, as especially if they are, if they have weight to lose, and they are, they've kind of got this diet. Um, and I hesitate to say diet because I don't mean it in a diet like a restrictive diet way. I mean it as diet like the way that you eat. Um, as being the actual definition for the word diet. Um, but when you know when you are eating this way, you do tend to lose body fat. Um, and when you do that, there are toxins that are excreted from that fat. And this can be a reason, um, a big reason why a lot of people have a hard time letting go of weight, even when they're on the keto diet. Your body tends to hold on to those fat stores and only lets them go as a last resort when it knows that it has a lot of stored toxins in there, um, especially if you have a, an impaired detoxification system because your body doesn't want to flood itself with these toxins that are stored in this body fat and then not have the ability to get them out of your body to excrete them. So it's very important to kind of get this, uh, this right, this detoxification right when you are starting um, keto, when you're kind of trying to do this low carb way of eating and you, especially if you know you have um, a good deal of body weight to lose because you will start dumping those fat stores. Um, so when we're talking about the detox, I just want to quick recap. There's two phases of detoxification we talked about last week. There's phase one. So that is when the um, that's when the toxins are made uh, fat soluble and water soluble. So um, this is, we talked about oxidation as part of that um, reduction, hydrolysis. Like there's these different um, uh, uh, different processes that, that these toxins will go through depending on what they are. And for that phase, we talked about you need B vitamins, um, you need the bitter foods that kind of help us stimulate the bile flow. Um, it's good to have vitamin C and vitamin E on board. Those are um, good for the free radicals that are um, that are kind of made through this process. And then we have phase two, and that is when we are excreting these toxins um, safely out of the body through different processes, like um, we've got the methylation and conjugation of these. So we need, we talked about how we need different amino acids. So um, we need like cysteine and choline, and we need glut um, glutamine, we need glutathione to be, we need to be producing glutathione well. Magnesium is important for this vitamin C again we talked about um, so these are important and this is where when we when we eat these sulfur containing foods um, sulfur is a compound that is super important for a lot of processes in our body and when we eat these different sulfur containing foods then um, you know our different um, 
I don't know why I just completely lost the word. <laughs> I mean, like, do you ever do that where you're thinking of something and then all of a sudden the word just literally disappears and you're like, where did it go? Um, so I'm talking about like broccoli and cabbage and cruciferous. There it is. Thank you. Um, so those types of foods, those are really good to help us with that. So um, while both of these phases are super important, it is really important that that we get the activation phase one going so that we are able to then excrete through with the phase two. And, and one of the things that happen with phase two that I see a lot on when people are in this ketogenic way of eating is we, we don't, if we're not digesting properly and we don't have good phase one activation of these toxins and this uh, reduction and this oxidation, then we aren't able to properly go through phase two and excrete these toxins out. Um, a lot of times because we are taking in these fats or we are breaking down fats, um, a lot of people because of our diets, which we've talked about this before, um, have impaired bioflow. So bioflow is super, super, super important, especially when you're on the ketogenic diet. So either if you don't have a gallbladder or you have had gallstones in the past or you just know that you have impaired um, digestion of fats, then this is, a, this is a place where we really need to be getting this, um, you know, we really need to be dialing this in, make sure that we've got these bitter foods, um, that we're eating these things to help stimulate bioflow. Um, so we can be, um, arugula is good. We can be eating, um, uh, beets. Uh, and a lot of people will say, oh my gosh, you can't eat beets on a ketogenic diet. That's not a ketogenic food. And that's actually not true. And you don't need a ton of beets anyway. And can we just address this real quick? There are no keto foods. Can I just say that? I hope that you guys are listening. <laughs> there are no foods that are keto or not keto. There's just food. It's just food. It's all food. Carrots are food. Beets are food, broccoli is food, bacon is food. It's all just food. So if you choose to eat beets and you're on your ketogenic lifestyle, your ketogenic way of eating, then guess what? Beets are a keto food. If you choose to eat some carrots, if you choose to eat a, some sweet potatoes, then they are ketogenic foods. If you're ketogenic and you're eating a ketogenic diet. So it's, it is different for everybody. I mean, I know people that can eat a hundred, 150 grams of carbs a day in the form of vegetables, even root vegetables, and they're fine. They can remain ketogenic. Um, they may even pop out a keto for a little while and then go right back into it again. So, and then there's other people that if they don't stick strictly to 20 grams or less of carbs a day, they will not be in ketosis. So so there's no like one size fits all. Here's what your macros should be. These are the foods that you're allowed to eat and these are the foods you're not allowed to eat. The only foods that I would caution you against, and this comes down to this whole detoxification, why it's so important to really get this dialed in and help your body to detox, is that when, when you are eating these foods that 
that are thought to be more ketogenic and and people say well yeah if you're on a you know ketogenic way of eating you need to eat all these fattier meats which is true um i would say you know that's more satiating you're going to get all these great fats and it's going to be great for for your body and for your just overall health in general but it's important to make sure you're getting the best types of those fats and those meats and whatnot that you can get. So that would be the only part of it where I say you do need to pay attention because if you are eating the fatty cuts, just like we store the toxins in our fat, animals are storing the toxins in their fat as well. And I'm not trying to come off as like elitist or tell you that you have to... Um, stay away from all conventionally raised food or you have to eat only organic. I'm not trying to come off like that, but there is some wisdom in really trying to buy the very best, especially animal products that you can, um, regardless of what type of way of eating that you're doing. But, um, but I think especially if you're buying fatty cuts of meat, it's really important to try and make sure that you're not getting the fatty cuts of meat where these animals are given uh, extra hormones and antibiotics and all of these things, all of these toxins, you know, being fed a toxic diet, um, that, it's, that they are storing all of this stuff in their fat. Um, it's just... It just makes more toxins for you to have to try and detox. And the, the food that you bring in is what is making up the cells in your body. Um, this is also why it's important to avoid toxic fats like the seed oils, um, also called vegetable oils, like uh, canola and um, uh, just a, your plain old vegetable oil and cottonseed oil and soybean oil and all of this stuff that we really, grapeseed oil, we should be staying away from because this those types of fats are rancid. They are terrible fats for um, for building cell membranes. You know, we have a um, fats build the membranes of our cells, and those types of fats are building um, very rigid and not good cell mem- membranes. So, it's really important to try and do your best to avoid those things, and you know, try to avoid the additives, the preservatives, all this toxins, all of that kind of stuff. Um, So a couple of other important things when you're looking at detoxification on keto diet um, is that is one of them. Another one is getting good fiber. So um, even if you are in the camp of trying to keep your your carbohydrates really low, you can still eat a pretty good amount of leafy greens. Um, They are full of fiber, which is super good for us. That helps us with the fullness and satiety feeling. Um, It also really is great at feeding our microbiome. You know, these little gut bugs that um, need this fiber to be able to kind of help us. They really help us with the elimination of the waste and they they help us to be able to to stay healthy and keep this good ratio in the, in our microbiome that is important. So leafy greens are a great thing to do um, for fiber. You can do seeds and nuts. So pumpkin seeds are great. I love macadamia nuts. Peely nuts are good. Um, pecans, walnuts, um, all of those types of nuts are great to eat. Um, and those nut butters are good. And then we um, definitely talked about the sulfur. So again, just making sure that you're eating the sulfur-containing vegetables. So those are things like your cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, cabbage. And I actually made a 
uh, keto like um, coleslaw for the first time, like a little homemade keto coleslaw. And oh my goodness, that was so good. It was like mostly cabbage. I did have some carrots, shredded carrots in there. Um, let's see, I had some uh, shredded broccoli sprouts. I put broccoli sprouts in there and some broccoli shoots. Um, so yeah, it was really yummy. So you can come up with some really fun things like that. So you don't have to just eat. I know after a while, I kind of get tired of just eating sauteed broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. We eat that a lot. And sometimes it's kind of nice to change it up. So we made some, uh, some pulled pork barbecue, uh, and had that, um, I made like this little coleslaw to go on the side and it was really awesome. So we just had a plate of coleslaw and barbecue. Um, so that's all of that is super important for just kind of helping your body to detox and helping to keep those pathways going when you are keto because you, like we said, you do lose, a, you know, the body fat and that is where it is going to release these toxins and um, you need to help your body get it out. Another really great thing or really important thing that you need to focus on when being keto is making sure that you stay hydrated. So, I mean, this is, of course, this is important for anybody across the board, but it is really important when we're keto because our bodies will dump a lot of water and we lose a lot of electrolytes through that. And it's super, super important to make sure that we are continuing to replenish and rehydrate our bodies. So um, good rule of thumb is about um, half your body weight in ounces. So um, up to a gallon of water a day. So um, don't go over a gallon, but up to a gallon um, or half your body weight in ounces is pretty good rule of thumb. Um, and then uh, intermittent fasting. You know, we've talked about fasting. There's, you know, you can do a, the, you know, kind of an intermittent fast where you're doing a 12 or 16 or 18 or even a 20-hour fast. Um, or you can do more of like a 24 or 48, you know, or a 36 or 72-hour. Um, so now we're talking about one, two, three, you know, four days, whatever, um, longer fast. Those are acceptable as well. Um, so fasting is very good with helping your body to detox because when you're not worrying about um, digesting foods, your body is able to go through processes of cleaning things out and getting rid of things that it doesn't need. Um, uh, it'll go through the process of autophagy. Um, it will go through... Um, you know, cleaning out your digestive tract. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen when we are not focused on digesting food. So um, definitely encourage you to do some of the intermittent fasting at least. So a, an easy one to start with is you just will go from dinner the day before. So let's say six o'clock is the last time you eat and then until maybe lunch the next day. So that's a very easy way to get in like a 16 to 18 hour fast. Um, and it's pretty effortless and there's really it's really usually not difficult to do. Um, and, it, and it's practice, the more you practice, the easier it gets and the better you get at it. So, and I really like to um, kind of keep my fasts um, 
different. I don't do the same fasting window every day. Um, I don't skip breakfast every single day. I kind of change it up. I'll usually eat breakfast um, two to three days a week, and then the rest of the days I don't eat breakfast. Um, when I don't eat breakfast, I normally don't eat until about two or three, but there's sometimes that I won't even have that kind of lunchtime meal. I'll just eat dinner only. Um, it just depends on how I'm feeling and how my you know, how my body's feeling that day. Um, exercising is also a, a really good way to help your body with detoxification. So um, that, you know, is it can be as simple as just walking. And, you know, maybe after dinner is a good way to walk. That helps with blood sugar. It helps with digestion. So just going out for just a super walk. Uh, or a super easy, low-key walk after dinner would be a really nice way to do it. Um, let's see. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about, and now I can't remember what it was. See, this is why you should write down – well, I do kind of write down notes that I try to remember what I'm doing, but sometimes I forget. <laughs> All right. So um, so anyway um, – oh, sleeping. That's the one thing – the last thing I want to talk about. So helping your body um, – detox is also sleep. So if you're not sleeping well, then we elevate stress hormones, which causes issues with our blood sugar. Um, to, just to mention one thing, I mean, elevating stress hormones causes all kinds of issues. It causes hormonal issues. It causes um, just numerous issues that that we don't want to be dealing with. But when we're talking about detoxification specifically, um, getting seven to nine hours, give or take a little bit. And that really depends on the person. I mean, some people feel really good at seven hours. Um, some people need nine or 10, um, just kind of depends. And some of the things that will really help you with your sleep is getting the screens off an hour before bed. So no phones, no iPads, no TV, none of that stuff one hour before bed. Um, it's also really good to help keep your room cooler. So my kids give us such a hard time about this and they are always telling us how freezing it is in the house. But we like to sleep no warmer than 65 degrees. And we um, our master bedroom actually is usually a few degrees cooler than that. It just happens to be, it's over the garage part of the house. So it happens to be just a cooler room, which is perfect for us because we like it between probably 60 and 65 degrees. So, um, so really being between 60 and 65 is ideal for sleeping. Um, so having something like that, and we have a ceiling fan that in addition to keeping it cool. I have that ceiling fan going on like a medium speed so it keeps the air circulating pretty well and I think that is really good. Um, some other tips would be if you don't have blackout shades maybe using a sleep mask. It's just important that you're blocking out any of the ambient light from outside so if you're in like a city area where there's a lot of ambient light or even like I know right now at our house um, you know, we'll, we'll have a bright moon and there's snow on the ground. So that snow reflects the light and it is so bright outside. Um, that can disrupt your sleep. Even if you fall asleep and you don't realize that this is disrupting your melatonin production. So it can keep you from sleeping very soundly or from getting into a good night, night, um, I'm sorry, nice deep sleep. Um, so that can be, you know, you can kind of be in a restless um, sleep and not even 
even really realize that you didn't get a really good sleep. Um, so those are just a few things to kind of help you with detoxification um, and just keeping in mind that when you are starting a ketogenic diet and especially when you are losing weight that your body is releasing toxins and you really want to keep those pathways open and really be supporting those. You know, I've talked about bone broth before, but I, it's worth mentioning again. That's a super easy, super good way to help your body um, detoxify. There are so many nutrients in bone broth that we need for phase one and phase two detoxification. So that's an easy, really one-two punch there with just simply drinking a mug of bone broth every day. So all right. Well, that's all I have for you guys this week. I am going to wrap this one up and get back to business of getting this uh, cabin all ready and for people to arrive on Friday. Um, can't wait. I'm sure I will bombard social media with lots of pictures and images from the weekend. So if you don't care, then sorry, you might want to just avoid my social media feed for the next um, week. And if you do care and you're interested in what we're doing out here at the cabin, then, you know, tune in and uh, check out uh, Instagram and Facebook because there will be lots of information from the weekend, I'm sure. All right, guys, thanks so much. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 